Amen. Amen. Good evening, Central Park Baptist Church. Hey, how we doing around there? We doing okay? Amen and amen. If you're able to rise, we'd like for you to uh, join us in singing hymn 642, I think. We're gonna go with we're gonna go with hymn 642. I think that's the right hymn. Yes, 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 yes. Hymn 642. Next familiar hymn, hymn 85, hymn 85, Oh, come all ye faithful. Oh, come all ye faithful. Hopefully most of you have heard of this one. Hymn 85, Oh, come all ye faithful. Sing along. Oh, come all ye faithful, joyful.
outside. I thought so, you know. That's why I wear beanies. Brother Charles, you need one of them if you don't have one already. Okay, good. Amen. You know, smart people wear those. You got your pair of sheets? All right, grab them and let's uh, look, get those ready. A couple of announcements real quick. Uh, please don't uh, remember, uh, we're not going to do flyers this week, probably till after, in fact, after the, till after the first of the year, because next week is uh, Christmas Day or Christmas Eve Day, so we'll wait till after the first of the week before we get started back on, on uh, soul winning and, and the flyers, so uh, just put that in your calendar, man, but we're going to go back and watch the weather, all right, so kinda, you got to keep your eye on the weather. I've learned that, you know, bad weather can strike at any moment. And in fact, it's un uh, tornadoes are, n are not like lightning. You know, because they say lightning never strikes twice the same place. Well, tornadoes do. Amen. So, um, but uh, anyway, we had another one yesterday in our, it, it's mo that's the most bizarre thing that I've ever seen in my life. But we watched it, you know, or I did, and it was, I watched all of it this time, and it was pretty nice, pretty neat, uh, but no damage, praise the Lord. And I told my wife, I said, you know, after this one, I, I was uh, asking the Lord, Lord, if there's something that I need to be doing, you don't have to send a tornado, you know. I think I, I can get it, but anyway, but we'll watch the weather on the flyers, all right, so uh, don't forget about that. Choir practice right after service this evening. Please just come right up as soon as we get through. We're going to go through our song for Sunday morning and uh, kind of uh, do some review on it. And then Sunday morning again at 845. So please don't forget about that. I thought I saw Brother Will come. Oh, there he is. <clears throat> Brother Will, you can make your way on up to the front if you'd like. Amen. So, uh, But don't forget about that choir. Please come right on up after service is over so we can go through our song, all right? And Sunday morning, 845. Uh, ready to go. Uh, also, uh, I want just a few things. Uh, at the end of uh, service next week, we'll uh, be going over our proposed budget for 2023, and uh, we've got to get that in place before the end of the year, so uh, don't forget about that. Uh, we'll also be discussing uh, some, uh, uh, oh, what else I put on? I can't read my writing. Oh, if you have any questions about the budget, there's some out here uh, that we've put out here. If you'd like to look at those, they're out here in the foyer. Uh, pick those up. If you have any questions about it, you, you're more than welcome to ask myself, Brother John, Brother Marco, uh, Brother Shelton, and uh, they can answer the, any question that you have about those, okay? We met with them uh, Sunday, and we went over everything. So, um, I mean, so they, they've got everything. They, they can answer any question, probably better than I can. But, uh, but if you have any questions, feel free to ask and uh, take those home, look at them. And, uh, you know, I don't mind you asking, so just please do that. Yeah. And, uh, but next Wednesday night, we'll bring that up so we can vote on that, all right? Also, we have some minor changes to our bylaws that we, we're going to look at next week. And we, we didn't put those out there, but these are just minor things, up-to-date kind of stuff and uh, that we've got to... It's amazing how society makes you have to change stuff. Maybe not change it, but add to. And you'll see what I'm talking about that next week. In fact, one of the things when I said something to Brother Shelton about it a few weeks ago, it was like, really? I mean, in, but, you know, 
times have made you do stuff like this. So uh, anyway, right. we'll uh, take care of those next week as well. And then uh, also we're, we'll be talking about updating our sound system, finishing that up. We made some uh, minor updates on it uh, la about four years ago. Wasn't it four, about four years ago? I think about four years ago, but things have, uh, we've got some problems with it now. So uh, we're going to talk about bringing that up to, up to date. We'll talk about that next week as well. If you have any questions about the sound system, ask myself, Brother Shelton, uh, ask Brother DeVito. He's been doing all the uh, research and legwork on that for us. So he's um, well able to answer any questions you might have about that as well. But uh, all the, the details on the budget, they're out here. If you'd like to pick those up, okay? And if you have any questions, just please, please uh, ask about those, all right? Now, now for our prayer sheet, let's get, let's get into the important stuff. Uh, please, again, remember to pray for Brother Gary and Miss Mary. Keep them in your prayers. Pray for Brother Dennis and Miss Susie. Brother Dennis is in the uh, uh, physical therapy uh, uh, place just right there by the hospital, uh, but he's doing good. So keep him in your prayers as well as Miss Susie. As he, uh, if any of you, have, if you've ever been in any uh, physical therapy, them people are mean. <laughs> and I told Brother Dennis the other day, I said, but brother, they get paid good money to be mean, so they're gonna get their money's worth. Amen. So, but pray for him. He's doing real well. Keep him in your prayers. Also, uh, uh, continue to pray for Miss Erica as she's. Uh, still going through some of her treatments. Please pray for her. Uh, and again, remember to pray for Brother Eugene and our uh, the um, immigration. Uh, we've not heard anything, and uh, all the paperwork has been sent off for about a month. But government does not get in any hurry whatsoever, uh, and especially <coughs> about this kind of stuff. But uh, just pray that the Lord will uh, help that to go through, that he'll just put his stamp of approval on that, uh, because as soon as he does, it's only about another year and a half, two years, we've got to start the process over again so that we can keep him up to date. We don't want him to be illegal. Right. Amen. So uh, keep him in your prayers, all right? Um, it seemed like there was somebody else on our prayer sheet. Pray for Miss Jerry. She's also, I think, been under the weather somewhat, so pray for her. Pray for Miss Myrna as well. She had cataract surgery, uh, and it didn't go well. And the reason I say that is because Brother Aaron is still sitting beside her. Amen. Uh, she did say her vision is still, still blurry, so he's still okay. Amen. Uh, because as soon as that clears up, I'm telling you, he's in trouble. Amen. So, but pray for her. That, uh, but it did go good, by the way. So pr keep her in your prayers, all right? Um, pray, again, pray for our day Sunday. Um, that the Lord helps have a good day. The, this is a Sunday before Christmas, and then we are going to have one service on Sunday, uh, the 25th. It'll start at 10 a.m., so please come. Wear your Christmas best, and uh, and let's come, and, and let's sing happy birthday to the Lord, amen, together. And so please write that down, and, and let's have a good day that day. So let's go to the Lord and pray. Oh, I know, I was praying for Brother uh, Marco. He's out preaching tonight. He'll be preaching out uh, to this uh, tonight and also next Wednesday, so um, keep him in your prayers. He's trying to help another preacher uh, that whose health hasn't been doing good. So keep him in your prayers as well. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer for these. Dear Father, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness and God for your grace, your mercy. I'm thankful, Lord, for your watch care over us. I'm thankful, dear Father, that God, those that uh, 
have been sick. Lord, you knew that, uh, Lord, they were going to have some health issues even before they got sick. Lord, you knew that uh, uh, Brother Dennis was going to have surgery before he had it. You knew the same with Miss Myrna, Lord. And God, you knew the same with Miss Erica, uh, Lord, with their uh, dealings with health issues. And I pray for them, Lord, that you'd please reach down and uh, with your all-healing hand. And, uh, God, that you'd touch them. And, Lord, that they'll have speedy recoveries. And, uh, Lord, that they'll be able to be back in your house, Lord, as, as quickly as possible. And, uh, God, enjoying the things of God. So help Brother Dennis as he's in physical therapy. And, Lord, we give you praise for that. Lord, we also pray for Brother Gary and Miss Mary. We've been missing them. And Brother Gary's still going through some health issues. And so we lift him up in prayer in a special way tonight. And then, God, we pray for Brother Eugene Lord as he's, uh, we've sent off all the paperwork for uh, his immigration. God, I pray that, Lord, that God, who's ever desk and whoever makes those decisions, Lord, that they will look over the paperwork. God, that that paperwork will be decently and in order. And, Lord, that they'll put their stamp of approval on that, God. And, uh, Lord, so that uh, we can begin the process, Lord, for uh, a permanent visa for uh, Eugene, Lord, as he continues to work in the uh, Korean ministry, we thank you, Lord, for the Korean folks that do come, and they are faithful to come. And Lord, we pray, God, that, uh, Lord, before the end of this year, that, God, that you'd send another family, Lord, to, uh, to be a part of the Korean ministry here in this place. And, Lord, that you'd give us fruit for our labors, Lord, so bless in a special way. And continue to be with uh, Brother Eugene, Lord, as he's, uh, Lord, as he ministers to those folks, and I pray, God, that you'd even send more lost folks and they'd come to know Jesus Christ. That'd be an awesome thing, Lord, to see him baptize someone here in this place. And so, Lord, we just, uh, again, ask you, God, for your favor to be upon that ministry. God, we ask you, Lord, to <clears throat> continue to uh, speak to hearts, Lord, as uh, we come to the end of this year. And I pray, Lord, that you'll send someone else that's lost here in this place, God, and they'll come to know Christ as their Savior, and Lord, that we'll see the baptismal waters stirred again, Lord, even before the end of this year's uh, up, and so God, help us, Lord, to be uh, faithful, help us to be prayer warriors, God, for those that are lost, and uh, God, we give you just praise for what you're going to do before the end of the year is over. Bless, Lord, the remainder of our Bible study tonight, God, we pray that your hand will be upon us as we uh, continue in the book of Daniel. Help me, Lord, to rightly divide your word of truth, and God will give you praise for that. Bless this offering. Uh, Lord, we <clears throat> continue to pray for the Christmas offering, that God, that you'd help and bless in that. And God, I pray that everything is given, I pray that we'll use it for, uh, Lord, for your honor, for your glory. Help us, God, to be good stewards of it, Lord, and use it wisely and for the, for the cause of Christ in this place. And we give you praise and we give you glory for it all because it's in the name of Jesus, I pray and ask all these things. Amen. You have an offering, you please come. excited to be a part of the family of God, God, 
Let it be known by a hearty amen. 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 If you'll turn to hymn 542, hymn 542, the family of God, and let us rest upon our feet as we sing a chorus, and then please greet each other as the family of God. Hymn 542, the family of God. Let's sing a chorus, and then let's greet each other afterwards. Amen. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I can wash in the fountain and by his blood. Join us with Jesus as we travel this side. I'm a part of the family, the family of at this time. Did y'all happen to notice Brother Andrew over here playing trombone? Isn't that neat? I mean, I didn't want to, I didn't want to embarrass him, but I did, you know, I thought, well, might as well point him out, amen. He was going to start Sunday and he forgot his mouthpiece. But he, but he came tonight, amen, he's ready to go, so I, I really appreciate that, I like that. Daniel chapter 7, Daniel chapter 7, and uh, we're going to, we'll read verse 1 and we'll read down through, through verse 8. Daniel chapter 7, beginning in verse 1, if you're able, if you'd please stand in honor and respect of reading the word of God, and please say amen again. Oh, that's only one. All right. It's after Ezekiel, all right? Found your place to say amen. (laughs) Oh, that's a lot better. Uh, In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head uh, upon his bed. Then he wrote the dream and told us some of the matters. Daniel spake and said, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of the heavens strove upon the great sea. And the four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse one from another. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked, and it was lifted up from the earth and made stand upon the feet as a man, and a man's heart was given to it. I beheld another beast, a second like to a bear, and it raised up itself on one side, and it had three ribs in the mouth, uh, or in the mouth of it, between the teeth of it, and they said, Thus unto it, arise, devour much flesh. After this I beheld, and lo, another, like a leopard, which had upon the back of it four wings of a fowl. Uh, The beast had also four heads, and dominion was given to it. After this I saw in the night visions, and beheld a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible and strong exceedingly. It had great iron teeth. It devoured and brake in pieces, and stamped the residue with the feet of it. 
and it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. And I considered the horns, and behold, there came up, uh, there came up among them another little horn, before whom uh, were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. And beheld, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of man, and a mouth speaking great things. And then we'll, verse 9, to give you something that we'll talk about next week, it said, I beheld till the thrones were cast down, and the Ancient of Days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like the pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame, and his wheels as burning fire. Father, help me, Lord, again, and I, I do need you, Lord, as we begin the... Uh, a prophecy part of the book of Daniel and I pray God that you'd help me help me to stay within the confines of the word of God and I pray that we'll receive something that might challenge us Lord and also encourage us as we study through the book of Daniel and we give you praise in Jesus name amen you may be seated you know no matter how uh, a person reads history or you think about history over uh, you uh, or or meditate over biblical or secular prophecies, when you think about these things, we can all see and we look around today, there are strange things taking place in the world today. I mean, I thought it was strange when I'm standing looking at my wind and a tornado came through again. And I'm thinking, man, Lord, I'm, you know, second time, same place, same bad time, same bad channel. Uh, but I mean, you look around the world today and, and I'm telling you, there's a lot of crazy stuff happening in our world. Unrest is present just about everywhere you look in the world today. In fact, and I, as I was thinking about this, I thought, you know, it feels as though war could break out at any moment in just a few, watch, in just a few key places around the globe. Uh, I was listening to the news the other day, and I heard someone talking about uh, the possibility of a war, and, and then uh, it, they said, and if that takes place, it'll be Armageddon. And I thought, now, how did they know how to say that? And it was just regular news media. And, and I thought, you know, I'm telling you, folks, listen, people today know that something is in the air. They know something is taking place. In fact, they know something has to take place. Well, it does, it has to take place, and that's the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and, and before the second coming, guess what takes place? The rapture. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, but you can see and, and we can know that, that, I mean, war could break out at any moment. There was one commentator I was reading and uh, he said this. He said, Daniel provides the most comprehensive and detailed prophecy of future events that you will ever find anywhere in the Old Testament. And that's, that's pretty close. I like that. Because you read and you find that the first six chapters are a historic chronology, all right? Uh, in fact, if you've ever read through your Bible, uh, you ought to go and read a, a Bible that's in chronological order. It, it, uh, you'll, you'll be reading in Job one second and then, then you may be reading in Genesis or, you know, reading something in the New Testament. It's a neat thing. Well, the first six chapters of Daniel are, again, a historic chronology. Then chapters 7 through 12 are visions that take place during the period historically described in chapters 1 through 6. Now, Daniel's four dreams, as we read this, when you read them, if you're not careful, you'll think that all this is happening just really quick, but it takes place over a 22-year period. 
In fact, in Daniel verses chapters 1 through 6, Daniel, if you go think about it, he interpreted dreams for others. But in chapter 7 through 12, Daniel interprets, or, uh, Daniel interprets his own dreams for himself. In chapter 2, if you go back and read, uh, you find it's a dream given to Nebuchadnezzar. And then if you recall, the dream is then interpreted by Daniel. But in chapter 7, the dream is given to Daniel, and then it's interpreted by an angel. Chapter 2, and I'm, try, I want, I'm not trying to go too fast because I want you to get this. Chapter 2 relates Nebuchadnezzar's viewpoint of history. Uh, this is what Nebuchadnezzar saw. This is how he sees it. I mean, he sees it as the great accomplishment of humanity. Uh, and, and in fact, he sees it as his accomplishment. Uh, but chapter 7, when you begin to read, chapter 7 is God's viewpoint of that same time period. And listen, I'm telling you, when God see, he doesn't see things the way you and I see it. Uh, and in fact, you say, well, why do you, what makes you say that? Well, from God's perspective, when he looks at this, it, listen, it's a bunch of ravenous beasts devouring one another. Well, that's not the way man sees it. Uh, and we'll get into that. But, you know, when we look at things, if we're not careful, we look at things to the eyes of this flesh. And, and, if, and we will never see what God wants us to see as long as we look at things to the eye of the flesh. We've talked about this. If we will look at the things of this life and, and, and even the future through the eyes of faith, we'll see things a whole lot differently and we'll probably be a whole lot closer to seeing it the way God sees it by looking at it through the eyes of faith. Are y'all still with me? Say amen. So we see the first thing I want you to see is the setting here. Daniel, now think about this. Daniel is the first apocalyptic writer in scripture. He wrote and conveyed prophetic truth by means of signs and symbols. Now you got to remember... We see things from a very technologically advanced society. We see things. Daniel had no clue. Listen, he's trying to explain to you and me what he sees from, from the only things that he knows that he can compare them with. And so that's the way he's giving it to us. He's, and he's using, again, signs and symbols. The first thing that we notice, he saw a great sea. Now, four seas are generally... Uh, mentioned in scripture there's the sea of galilee there's anybody want to take a guess on another one the red sea is one there's another one the dead sea and then the mediterranean sea those four uh, and in daniel's dream he's standing by the mediterranean sea and and by the way the sea in scripture is also figurative of the sea of humanity uh, when you read about things, if you'll, if you'll read slowly, sometimes scripture will talk about the sea, but it's talking about the, the sea of humanity that these things rise up out of. Now, when Daniel sees these things, the first thing you notice is he sees four winds. The number four in numerology often speaks about and stands for the earth. Numerology in scripture is pretty neat. Uh, if you'll go and, I mean, because number six is the number four. Man, number seven is the number of perfection. I mean, it's a, I mean, so num, numbers in Scripture. I mean, God was interested in numbers. I mean, He put a whole book in the Bible called Numbers. 
Amen? So he's interested in it, all right? But he sees four winds. Now, we have the four winds from the four corners of the world, uh, the four points of the compass, and four seasons. And in this passage, Daniel is picturing uh, our enormous sea, or the, if you will, and, and with these winds from all four points of the compass blowing on this sea. Now, when you, when you get wind on the open sea, what do you get? If you get a big wind on the waves, what do you get? You get a big storm. Well, that's exactly what Daniel is trying to picture for you and me. It's a picture of a huge storm brewing. And, and watch this. It's a picture of the world's condition. Well, listen. Have you, have you watched the news even a little bit lately? You'll know that there is a storm brewing in, in this world today and in our society. I'm telling you. Things are tumultuous. Things are uh, it, it, humanity is just in a, uh, a I mean a, 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 a storm, if you will, brought on by the things of this old world and the things of society. Now, the striving of the wind on the sea it speaks of sp a political strife. It speaks of uprisings, wars, and bloodshed among nations. And guess what? We're seeing exactly all this take place even now. In fact, I, I looked this up and I was wondering how many wars are actually going on right now in the world, in 2022. And in 2022, this is what I found, according to the Council on Foreign Relations of Global Conflict Tracker, there are 27 ongoing conflicts worldwide, worldwide right now. Ten of those are considered to be wars right now today. Listen, you know how fortunate we are as a country that war has not visited, I mean literally, war has not been on the soil of the United States, I mean since when? Yep, I'm telling you, it's been a long time. But we are a fortunate people that that has not taken place. But there's wars going on all over the globe today, and, and it's simply letting us know, as Daniel speaks here, he's speaking of the world's condition and how in, uh, an uproar it is. So he sees the four winds. Then he sees these four great beasts. Now, there's four beasts that are coming up out of the sea. And the first one, uh, well, let, uh, let me back up. The, in ancient times, animals are used to symbolize kingdoms. Uh, it's still the same today. Great Britain, you, you know what the, the uh, sign for Great Britain is today? The lion. What's for the U.S.? Eagle. I mean, it, and, and you could go on because all these countries around the world today literally have their own animal to symbolize who they are. Almost every nation has one. But these beasts are coming up out of the sea. They were kingdoms that have existed in the world, and they're all in sequence. That's what I want to see. Look in verses 4 through 8. Uh, the, the sequence can be found in these verses, and it's important. Because the sequence can be seen, in, if you keep your finger here in Daniel chapter 7, if you turn back to Daniel chapter 2, you can find this sequence here in Daniel chapter 2 from the great image that, that uh, Nebuchadnezzar has talked about uh, in chapter 2. So the, the beast, now watch, they didn't all come at the same time. They followed one another. They followed one right after the other. Each of these beasts represent a chronology of kingdoms exactly as Daniel talked about it in Daniel chapter 2. 
Now, the first one in Daniel chapter 2, if you remember by the, uh, the uh, great image, you remember what the first one was? It was, the, it was the head of gold. And the head of gold represents Babylon. The second one is the arms and the chest of silver. You remember who they represent? The Medo-Persian Empire. The third one is the belly of bronze, which is Greece. And the fourth being the legs of iron, being Rome. Now think about it. Remember, as, each, as you move down the image, if you remember, the metal gets what? It gets weaker every time. And, and, and well, I don't want to get, get into it, but, but we see that it, it, this is going to lead right into the last part of our lesson tonight, but I want you to see this. The interpretation of chapter 7 it is, is the same nations in the same sequence as we saw in Daniel chapter 2, only when we see it in chapter 7, it's from, it's from God's perspective. When we read about it in chapter 2, it's from man's perspective. So God looks at things differently. God's looking at this from and giving this dream to Daniel, and he's liking everything to these beasts. Just a bunch of animals. Well, listen, I'm telling you what, if you look around the world today, people act like a bunch of animals. Listen, uh, and, and I've said this before. Why do people, why do they look at things and wonder why they act like that? Well, if they want us to come from an animal, then what do they expect? But listen, we didn't come from an animal. We were created in the image of Almighty God. In His likeness, He created us. But we're seeing here, again, as Daniel begins to see these beasts, he begins to name them. And the first beast that we see was like a lion, and he had eagle wings. The lion is the king of beasts. Uh, the eagle is perhaps the king of birds. So this animal symbolizes the Babylonian empire, which in Daniel chapter 2, if you remember, it's symbolized by the head of gold. Now the head of gold has now become a lion in God's eyes. Man looks at it, the head of gold, I mean, he thinks he's something really great, but God looks at it and says, no, uh, it's, a, it's a head of a lion. Now watch this. The national symbol of Babylon, you remember what it was? It's a, it was a winged lion. Now this speaks of the swift, uh, what I put, conquest of a strong and cruel kingdom. Listen, I'm telling you, if you've ever watched lions hunt, they are cruel. Amen. I mean, they're cruel. Uh, but this first beast, not only did it combine the majesty of a lion, but also the strength and the power of the eagle. Turn to Jeremiah chapter 49, uh, verses 19 through 22. Daniel chapter, or excuse me, Jeremiah chapter 49, verses 19, 22. And, and I'll, I'll let you kind of look through that for a second, and, and I'll just keep going. But the eagle and the lion here are both used to describe Nebuchadnezzar. But Daniel is very specific. In Daniel chapter 4 and verse 7, you can stay there in Jeremiah 49. But in chapter 7 and verse 4, it says of the winged lion, he's, Daniel says, I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked. Now watch this. Now you remember when Nebuchadnezzar was proud of his accomplishments, you remember, he's looking at things through the eyes of a human, through the eyes of man. 
and he looks at this Babylonian empire and he thinks, man, look what I did. Look at everything I've accomplished. Well, what did God do to him? Come on, it's all right. Tell, well, I mean, what did God do to him? Struck him down. Now listen, he made him eat grass like a beast. He walked on all fours. You know what we're seeing here in Daniel chapter 7? You're seeing that he had his wings plucked. Listen, pride, God, pride, when we've talked about this, the one thing that we're seeing was the fall of these people was pride. I was reading First Chronicles again about David the other day. And, and, and if you remember, David was sitting up there looking at everything that was going on and he thought, saw all of the armies and the accomplishments that he had made through war. And so I believe it was Joab that he told, he said, listen, go out and number the people. Joab said, listen, don't do that. That's not a good thing. But, but the Bible says that the king's word, he followed them. You know why he did that? Pride. And once he did it, God got him. He says, okay, David, here's your, you're going to choose one of three things. God sent his prophet over to him and said, listen, you choose one of three. You can either let your, your enemies just come in here and just have their way with you. And then they, but the thing that he chosen, God says, or you can choose me. And, 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 and David said, listen, I would rather fall into the hands of God because his mercies are in, endure forever. And so God began to send a pestilence among the people. Listen, I'm telling you, it was all because of pride. But as soon as he did it, he realized that he had messed up. Has any of us ever done that? Listen, I'm telling you, it's the same thing. Nebuchadnezzar was filled with pride, and he looked at everything like he had done it, and God plucked his wings. And, and Nebuchadnezzar, he, he roamed around like an animal. But then if you continue to read here in verse 4, notice what it says. It says, The first was like a lion, had an eagle's wings. I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked. And it was lifted up from the earth and made stand upon the feet, uh, uh, and made stand upon the feet as a man, and a man's heart was given to it. Listen, that's simply letting us know that when when he got his heart and his life right, he realized what was going on. Listen, that God raised him back up and gave his sanity back to him, and then God gave. Listen, he said he put a heart like a man back, and God raised him up, put him back in place. Listen. Uh, same thing will happen to you and me if we allow our pride to get in the way and allow, and, and, and we start beginning to think, look what we did, look what we've accomplished. Listen, God has no problem letting us know who's still in control. Amen. Same thing he did with Nebuchadnezzar. So the beast here, we out of the sea, is the Babylonian empire. The second beast he sees is a bear. Uh, in Daniel chapter 2, you'll find where the Babylonian empire fell to the Medo-Persians. Um, and we'll get to that in a minute. But there, there are 13 references, and I thought this was pretty neat. I didn't have time to go and study all of those out. But there's 13 references to bears in the Bible. Every time they are mentioned, it's in context with violent behavior. Uh, the one that I think about is when those kids made fun of God's man. Yeah. Remember he was bald? Yeah. And they said, oh, thou bald head, oh, bald, better be careful making fun of bald-headed people. Right. And the Bible says a, a she-bear came out and killed a bunch of them. 
Listen, that's not just about being bald. That's talking about mocking the man of God. Uh, but all 13 of these bear references uh, deal with violent behavior. And these bears have appetites that are never satisfied. I think they're one of the most interesting animals when you watch how they come out of hibernation. How would you like to go to sleep for about three months? Man, I would. Amen. Well, I'm telling you, that's what, it, it, bears are an amazing animal. But this second kingdom was never satisfied. Watch this. We're talking about the, the second kingdom of the Medo-Persian Empire like a bear. They were never satisfied. It reached from the Indus River on the east uh, to the land of Egypt and, and to the Aegean Sea on the west. But watch this. God gave this second kingdom the authority over nations like a greedy bear. And bears are greedy you ever watch them when they hunt or when they eat? They're greedy. Listen, in Daniel's dream that these bears were greedy. But listen, God gave these the, the Medo-Persian kingdom authority over all these other nations. God gave them the dominion. They didn't do it on their own. God gave it to them. Because why? Because listen, God is staying with what he said in chapter 2. He's doing the same thing again in chapter 7. And God is always true to his word. So he gives them authority over many nations. And then we see in Daniel's dream, notice that there's three ribs in his mouth. Historians tell us that the Medo-Persian Empire conquered three countries. One called Lydia, one is Babylon, and the other one is Egypt. So these ribs in the mouth of the bear, they were the victims of a previous hunt for the Medo-Persian Empire. But still, the bear was not satisfied. And if you notice, watch this, if the bear was lifted up on one side. This simply is telling us that by the end of the book of Daniel, and you keep reading, that the Medes were about gone and the Persians were in control. Why? Because a bear is a greedy animal. And by the way, if you ever watched a bear, they tear up everything in the process. They, I've seen these deals where they will get into these cabins up in Alaska and stuff. They, they rip and tear everything to pieces. That's exactly what the Medo-Persian Empire did. The third beast they see is, is in verse 6. It's a leopard. It says, After this I beheld, and lo, another like a leopard, which had upon the back of it four wings of a fowl, and the beast had also four heads, and dominion was given to it. The leopard represents Greece. Uh, the leopard is, is uh, just, and I wrote just a few things down, swift, cruel, cunning. It also has an insatiable appetite for blood. And here in Daniel 2, yeah, when you read about this, it literally can be only be the Greek Empire. And you remember the Greek Empire, who it was led by? We talked about this the other day. Alexander the Great. Uh, history records, watch, that Persia was defeated by Greece. And this is interesting, and I'll share this with you in just a second. But the four wings on the back of the leopard talk about the conquest and its ability uh, to strike first. In other words, the leopard uh, was uh, quick and it was fast and it, it, was, it, it accomplished everything that it set out to accomplish. But history tells us that Alexander the Great, if you remember, he died as a young guy. He was only in his early 30s when he died. And when he died, uh, uh, we're talking, watch, we're talking about these four heads. 
the, the, his four generals fought over part of Alexander the Great's empire. They split it up into four, between these four generals. And I wrote their names down. One was Ptolemy, and another was Cassander, and the, I think you say the Seleucus, and the other was Lysinicus. These were his four generals who, again, are represented by the four-headed leopard. But the Bible says here, watch, that, that dominion was given to him. Um, now watch, this is interesting. Alexander the Great had 35,000 soldiers. And when he went up against the Medo-Persian Empire or the Persians, watch this, they had between two and 300,000 soldiers. And when Alexander the Great went up against them with 35,000, guess what happened? Alexander the Great won. He beat them. But historians tell us, and they'll say this, that it was due to Alexander the Great's uh, uh, great uh, military strategy. No, it wasn't. It, he defeated them only because of one reason, because God allowed him to defeat them. And it lets us know that God is still in control. Well, listen, I'm here to let you know, even in the United States of America, God is still in control. There can be a lot of things going on, things that we don't like. And, you know, and I, I, there's a lot of things happening that I don't like. But I'm here to let you know God is in control. We don't have to sit down. We don't have to stick our head in the sand. But I'm still here to let you know that we can still do what God has called us to do because God is still in control. And if he will allow a 35,000-man army to defeat a 300,000-man army, then listen, God can take care of us just as well. Amen. So then Daniel sees a fourth beast. Uh, look, in, look back in Daniel chapter 2 uh, and look in verse 40. Daniel chapter 2 and verse 40. It says, And the fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron, for as much as iron breaketh in pieces uh, and subdueth all things, and as iron that breaketh all these shall it break in pieces and bruise. Now, this is simply telling us about Rome. Uh, here in Daniel chapter 7 and verse 7, the beast is, is described as dreadful and terrible and strong exceedingly. Now, when Daniel tries to find an animal to describe this, uh, this animal in his vision, uh, he can't, there's not one. He cannot find a beast uh, to uh, compare uh, this, what he's seeing. He can't find one to compare it with. There wasn't anything Daniel could describe when he saw this beast, again, representing the imperialistic and cruel materialism of Rome. Rome was known for its cruelty. They, now watch this. I thought this. It was Rome that invented crucifixion. Yeah. It was Rome that crucified Peter. It was Rome that beheaded Paul. It was Rome that banished John. It was Rome that burned Christians at the stake. And it was Rome that crucified the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, Rome was known for its cruelty. And it was Rome, watch this, this beast, Rome was of a certainty different from all the other beasts that came before it in its cruelty. And, and we see that Daniel can't find any other animal to compare it to. 
So he simply tells us that it was dreadful and terrible and strong exceedingly. But then he tells us about ten horns that are coming out. And, he, and these ten horns are ten kingdoms who rule simultaneously. And, and, and I know all the things that happen and, and all the things that are said about the, uh, uh, the common market and all those things. Uh, but, but listen, when we're trying to interpret this stuff, we've got to be careful. We listen. We we can't start, uh, uh, you know, adding our. It's okay to think about it. It's like thinking about what we would do if we won. You know, somebody came up and gave us a couple million dollars. It's fun, but it's not reality. You follow me? I mean, I I've sat down and thought about man. If I had ten million dollars, this is what I'd do. I'd get out of debt. I'd pay my tithe. Amen. Amen. I mean, listen, I, I think about all kinds of things that I would do. But, it's, but again, it's not reality. You say, well, how do you know? Well, I don't have it. And we're seeing the same thing here. When we see these things in Scripture, we've got to be careful about adding the things that we think into the, into the Word of God. We, we, we don't know these things for certain. But we, can, but we can see that these ten horns are ten kingdoms and they rule simultaneously. And, a, and among them will be one who will appear conquering all others and they will eventually dominate the entire empire and become the world dictator. And we know that this is speaking of none other than the Antichrist. Listen, I've had people, there, there's a dictator coming. One like the world has never seen before. In the first three and a half years, he's going to make things, everything fine and hunky and dory. But listen, that is not his true color. He's going to try to do everything in his power, to, and we won't get into all that. But, but we're seeing this, that this is talking about the Antichrist. But then we noticed the ten horns, if, if, and I, I called them the fifth kingdom, but they're really not a kingdom. But these ten horns, they grow out of the head of the fourth beast. This tells us that Rome was not destroyed. You know that, and think about this, Rome was not destroyed, neither did it, uh, uh, was it conquered or anything else. Rome is the only kingdom that was not conquered by a greater power. Rome just simply went away. In fact, Rome fell apart from within. Are y'all still here? Say Amen. Rome fell apart from internal corruption and rottenness. It was uh, uh, completely immoral. Um, my daughter and I had the opportunity to, we went to Rome and walked through the Colosseum and, and we took a, a day trip, went down through Pompeii. I'm telling you, Pompeii was the most immoral place I've ever seen in my life. Brothels everywhere. I mean, even for that time period, it, it was amazing. There were things in there that you wouldn't want your kids to see. Uh, it, it, why? Because, listen, it was a, it was a part of a Roman colony. And those people, it was wicked. Well, Rome was just that way. And, and as a result of their wickedness, they fell apart from within. Well, I'm here to let you know that our country, the United States of America, may not ever be destroyed from without. Why? Because we are disintegrating from within. We're rotten to the core. And if, and if we'll just, if people just leave us alone, guess what? We'll take care of ourselves. Same thing with Rome. 
the nations of Western Europe and those that were adjacent to the Mediterranean Sea. Now watch, they are still geographically a part of what was once the Roman Empire. Uh, nations uh, that immigrated to Rome, they didn't start a, a, a new kingdom, but they, they intermarried with, the, with Roman families and they continued the old Roman Empire just without dominion. And they're, they're still around. Uh, and one of these days, as, as prophecy speaks, I believe it says it's going to be revived. Uh, but, but that's all, again, uh, uh, down the road. But notice the last thing, and I'll give you this, we'll quit. The, the progress of human history. Um, mankind, as far as technology goes, has made enormous, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, they've made enormous leaps and bounds. They've made enormous advances, even over the last 50 years, last 100 years. And, and when man looks at all this stuff, I'm telling you, man glories in the advancements that he's made. Uh, I was d reading some of this stuff about fusion that they say that they have found the other day. You know, in other words, they've created energy that has a net gain. Uh, it, they, it, they, you know, they created energy. They had more energy coming out than they put in to, to make it. Uh, I guess a simple way to put it. But listen, and I thought, man, what a great thing. Well, it may have been. But listen, they've been working on this stuff for over 50 years. And, 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 and listen, and it may never come to the place where me and you ever see the result of any of that, where, you know, we can have cheap energy, and that's what they're talking about, cheap energy without have, leaving a carbon footprint. Well, there's only one place I know of right now that's ever going to make energy without leaving a carbon footprint. It's called heaven. Amen. I mean, the, the Lord Jesus Christ is the light of the, the world. And one of these days, he's going to create all the light that we need. Uh, and, and, but listen, where that's going to happen here, I, I seriously doubt it. If it does, it won't be in my lifetime or perhaps even yours. And man thinks it's just a great thing. But God sees it differently. Watch this. God sees man's accomplishments as a chronicle of immorality, brutality, and depravity. Listen, governments and their leaders, they try to mask all their, their true character from the people, but they are always visible to God. People want, I mean, even government, they try to make, make us think that they are all this. I mean, years ago, they talked about being born again. Listen, I'm telling you, um, if you're a child of God, you ought to live like one. Amen. I mean, listen, uh, but they, they want a, a government officials and leaders today, whether it's in this country or others, they want, to, want you to think that you're, they are all for you. No, they're not. They're all for themselves. Right. And we're seeing it. God sees it here. And, and, and just as we've moved away from the watch, the royal line to the beast as human history unfolds, it never gets better. It always gets worse. From the head of gold down to the foot of, listen, it always gets worse and it always gets weaker. Well, there's people today that believe that this whole world's going to get so good that God's just want to going to come down here and live with us. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard of in my life. Uh, it's not going to get better. It's, it's just getting worse, and we can all say amen. But that's the progress, but the preservation. If you look back in history, you'll discover all, watch, all the secular prophets who are, are prophesying for, for the future. When you read about those, a lot of them, and the majority of them, didn't think we would make it past the year 2000.
But if you read here in Daniel chapter 7, we see that the civilizations of the ten kingdoms are still intact when the Lord comes back. So the world is going to be here when Christ comes back. Listen, it may not be in good shape, but we're still going to be around. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that if, if God will let me live, if I don't die in a tornado, you know, if he'll let me live, I'm going to get to see him come. I believe that with all my heart. You say, well, what if he don't? Well, then I'm going to be ready between now and then. Uh, but listen, the Lord's here. The, but the purpose, now watch this. Why would God allow the kingdoms of the world to get worse and worse, destroying and devouring one another? Why would he do that? Well, I personally think it's because God is allowing humanity an opportunity to demonstrate, now watch this, to demonstrate how inept they are at trying to rule a world that God created without God. That's exactly what we're doing. I mean, this old world has gotten so far away from God. All, the, all of the plots, rebellions, and the chaos is just a reminder what man has never been able to do that God in heaven will do and that he is in control. Listen, we have turned something beautiful into a junkyard and, and it's not going to get better. You say, well, what do we do? We keep going and trying to reach people with the gospel. We keep, we keep trying to tell people how to get saved so we can keep baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. And then when they get out of the baptistry to disciple them so that they can show other people how to get saved and, and tell them about baptism and how to make them an intricate part of the ministry of the cause of Christ. Listen, that's where it all starts. And that's what God expects us to do because one of these days, praise the Lord, Jesus is going to come back and he's going to put everything in order. Praise the Lord. You know how I know that? Because God gave me his word on it. And he told me, he said, he keeps a record. I mean, he's writing it all down. Some of it that he's written down, um, I'm, I've prayed and said, uh, Lord, you know, um, I need some help. And you know what he did? The blood of Jesus wiped it all away. I was talking to a man the other day who's going through some things, and I was trying to encourage him. And, and uh, he's, uh, it, it's just such a trumped-up thing that I, I believe that, uh, and he was telling me about some of the charges and all this. And I said, you know, he said, preacher, I just want it to go away. He said, I'm even willing to pay a fine if they'll just make it go away and expunge my record. And I said, you know what? I know, I know this person that's great at expunging records. And I said, I'll go talk to him about it. He goes, really? I went, yeah. I said, he's called my heavenly father, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I said, and God, through the blood of Jesus, I had a record one day. And I want you to know the blood of Jesus came and he expunged my whole record. Removed it as far as the east is from the west to remember it against me? No more. So I said, I'll talk to him. And he just laughed. He said, man, I appreciate it. And I said, well, I'll talk to him. And, and listen, he'll do the same thing for me and you. Uh, you say, well, how do we apply all of this stuff to our own life? Well, the only thing I can tell you is Jesus is coming. Are you ready? Yeah. All this, all this things that we've read tonight or 
are interesting, you know, but uh, and it ought to make us try to do better in living for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So God, help us to do that. Father, help us. And Lord, I pray, God, for the next few moments, if, Lord, there's someone here just maybe they're dealing with some things that I don't know about, but, God, you do. Maybe they, there's something in their past. Maybe there's something in their present, Lord, that, you just, uh, that they just need to have their record expunged. I pray, Father, they'll come. And, Lord, just allow you to speak to them, Lord, tonight. Lord, Lord just uh, maybe we just need to love on you some, Lord. I, I pray God should help us just do business with you in Jesus' name. Amen. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if the Lord's speaking to your heart about anything, let me encourage you. You come.